Hello and welcome to another edition of Turn Out of Punk. I'm your host, Damien Abraham, and once again, I am bringing you a conversation with someone who grew up listening to punk, may or may not still be involved in punk, but had their life changed by the genre in a major way. Today on the show, a majorly awesome guest for me, host of the Cherry Blossom Clinic on WFMU, Terry T., uh, a, a music legend, uh, a radio legend, and some of the coolest stories you'll ever hear. More on that in a second. But first, if you want to get in touch with me, head over to DamienAbraham.com. There's an email address. You can draw me an email. You can also find me on various forms of social media, at Damien. Also, if you use Facebook, head over to Turned Out of Punk. Uh, Facebook.com slash Turned Out of Punk. You can like that page. You can see stuff that gets sent into the show that we post up on there. Other people's comments and discussion about the show that happens on there. So I hear it's run by my brother, Tristan Abraham. Uh, check that out. If you don't use Facebook and you want to see some of that stuff, head over to Tumblr.com slash Turned Out of Punk. I think that's how it works. Or TurnedOutOfPunk.com slash Tumblr.com. Turnerpunk.tumblr.com. That might sound a little bit better. Anyway, check that out, too. Uh, you can find the show over there. We can post stuff up there as well. Also, if you want to support the show, please head over to iTunes if you are an iTunes user and subscribe to this show and write a review and rate it if you do enjoy it. And that would be great. And if you don't use iTunes you want to support the show, tell all your friends. Tell everyone you know that you think would enjoy this show. And, uh, you know, spread the word that way. Um, also, though, if you do use iTunes, you will notice that in that iTunes feed, there are some other podcasts affiliated with this show that you may want to check out, including Oil and Flowers, which is about cannabis, hosted by Buddha Blaze and myself. There's also Clobberin' Time, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, about wrestling, as well as Turned Out of Punk Footnotes, which is hosted by myself and our good friend, Chris O'Toole. And each week we dissect an episode of Turned Out a Punk and really get into the the really nerdy side of the show. We get into some of the some of the more obscure stuff, some of the discography stuff, you know, all that all that kind of good stuff. So um yeah, that is it for uh the show, um or the introduction I should say to the show. On to today's show. Today on the show we have a massively awesome guest. And I guess I should first off first off apologize to both Terry T and you, the audience, for this being so late, it's been a unbelievably uh, hectic holiday season involving um, hospital stays, everyone's okay, um, involving all sorts of other things. You can hear now by my voice, I'm coming down with a flu, you know, there's that turn out a punk tour. Anyway, so I do apologize to you all and Terry T for this being late, but I do not apologize for how awesome this show is. Today on the show, we have a incredibly good time talking about all sorts of stuff, Terry and I. Terry is someone that I first became uh, aware of as a fan of WFMU. If you're not familiar with WFMU, it is one of the coolest radio stations on the planet out of New Jersey. It's a community radio station that has uh, given uh, so many uh, amazing you know, like, uh, amazing as a freeform radio station, I should say. I think Tom gets pissed off every time I say community. We call it community up here in Canada. That's what I should say. Uh, but anyway, they play all sorts of amazing stuff on their unbelievable shows, including the Cherry Blossom Clinic, hosted by Terry T. Terry T, um, you know, has given my band fucked up. Our first time ever playing on WFMU was on her show. 
Uh, Piss Jeans has played on there, I'm pretty sure. I know the OCs have played on there a few times. Uh, Jay Riotard, as we talk about it, played on there. Tons and tons of other stuff. So she is someone that I've wanted to have on the show for a long time. Um, for, you know, because she's been involved in the scene for a while, but also because she has some incredible stories. There are going to be some stories that are going to flip your wig, as they like to say, as a certain band from uh, from the Midwest used to like to say. Um, but I do have some corrections to get to before I let you listen to today's show. Uh, the show that she went to first that she brings up uh, indeed featured DOA Kraut as well as the other bands mentioned. Partners in Crime are indeed a Mother Record band, Mother Records band. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. And Sleeper, incredible band, put a record on Excursion. I was unaware, but, you know, as Terry told me, I've done some homework. I've done some research. So you can hear all about that on Turnout of Punk Footnotes this week. Okay. So that's it for that, for the introduction. Please, everyone, I'm going to go get some tea, rest this voice of mine, um, try and get back to send some, some sort of sense of uh, normal health, and you will sit back, relax, and enjoy Terry T on Turned Out a Punk. Terry T, one of my favorite DJs in the whole wide world. Someone who, pardon me? Oh, no, you can drink. You have tea. No, I'm so, do I have to help? No, 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 you're you're fine. You're fine. You'll be picked up. You'll be picked up. Don't worry. This thing is pretty good. I've got a program that I can run it through to make our levels all equal. So just, we don't, we don't have to worry about this bullshit at all. Okay. Terry, I'm, that's because you're a professional radio person. You were cognizant of being close to that mic right away. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I could tell. like this. Uh. Is a, but this time, you're not the DJ. We've reversed roles because I've been on your show before, and I got in trouble for saying pissed. No, you guys were actually really nice about it, but I said pissed <laughs> on the air for pissed jeans and stuff. But now, because I'm the host, you can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. That wasn't me. That, that was... No, you know, I, the, F, the FCC. FCC. Yeah, absolutely. No, I didn't think it was a Terry T rule. Like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine you'd be too upset about the word pissed uh, in relation to you pissed know, jeans especially. Yeah, because what about the children? What about the no, children? What about all know? the kids listening? Um, but Terry, this isn't about me. And I'm sure I will uh, weasel my way into your story several times throughout this conversation. Uh, it's about you and about how you got into punk. So I'm going to start this off the way I start them all off, which is how did you get into punk? Do you remember the first time you ever came across the genre? Yeah. Um, this is crazy, but like the first like record records that I bought, and, and I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, um, was never mind the box, you know, Sex yeah. Pistols. And, but at the same time, it was a, I bought two records that day. It's me and my brother, and um, we're kids and we're like Corvettes or someplace like that, right? And um, is that a record store in New Jersey area or uh, New York? Well, New York, it was in New York, York. York okay, at the Corvettes, time. yeah. But um, and the Grease soundtrack, like this is like because this is like kids' mentality, you know what I mean? Like so, this is like. But why those two? Like, I imagine Grease you'd heard from the yeah, stuff, but... Yeah, right. But why the pistols? What was the... Because I had seen something on TV. Uh, oh, there's this terrible band from England. They're the Sex Pistols, and they're, they're called punks. And they're evil to society, and they're going to destroy, and they're the Antichrist. <laughs> like, just like they did this shocking... Expose or whatever. How can I not buy this? (laughs) (laughs) So I think it must have been 
I, I want to say it was after they had played. Yeah, it was after they played here. Okay. So maybe that's or or maybe there it was about to, they were about to play here and that's why they were doing the story. Yeah, well, they were on the right? yeah, 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 like this punk. Th- so I was like, wow, I gotta find out. Like, what is this? <laughs> and my brother and I listened to it and we were just like, holy crap! Like, what <laughs> is this? Like, we couldn't. Because, like, before that, like, you're, you know, before that, you're, you're listening to, like, quote-unquote, the baby music, the pop music, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And this was, like, we never heard anything like yeah. it. And it was, like, the scariest crap, but it was, I don't know, it took us a while to, like, just let it sink in. Like, do we like this? Is this good? Yeah, this is weird. This is, like... <laughs> So what, 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 like you said, baby music before pop music. Were you just hearing music on the radio, or were you, were you buying records prior to that too? Or? Well, no. Well, the thing because like there was like AM radio, yeah. right? Yeah. And then our babysitter was like into classic rock. Okay. And um. So, and like I just didn't like it. I didn't. We didn't get it like at all. Like you know, just whatever. Like just name stuff. You know, Kansas, Leonard Skinner, <laughs> blah blah blah. Like just um. Foreigner, like just whatever, you know. Like now, I could probably like it, but like just, but at the time, like it's we could not connect to that music. Yeah, we liked the dumb pop, you know, popular stuff, and then all of a sudden, like literally, this was like, oh, this is really scary, and it was good. But so then after that, like we started to get into like, um, I want to say. Like, the B-52s, oh, you know, like... They're a band that comes up a lot on the show, because they're like, well, I think, I I class them as a punk band, 100%, but they're a band that, like, being where they were from, doing what they were doing at that time, it's like, that is a punk vibe to tour out with the B-52s at that moment. Yeah, I mean, and it's pretty weird music. I mean, it's for the time, you know, and, like, your friends are just like... Oh, what is this? Like they, you know, they didn't like it or whatever. Yeah. And um, what else? So. So what, like at this point, like where are you hearing B fifty twos in those bands, or is it, is it like? It was. I think it was starting to come on the radio. Okay. Like regular mm-hmm. rock radio, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you would hear things like. Um, oh, I know. I, I remember hearing, um, Psycho Killer. Yeah. Right. And uh, by the Talking Heads, and I was just was like, "Man, I'm the biggest punk rocker now, <laughs> psycho killer, or like whatever, like you know." So we just don't just stuff like that. But then, um, were you seeing punks on the streets? I'm always like, no, by this area because there was stuff happening. But like, would you see it around at all, or no? Like, really, especially early on, yeah. like, no, mm-hmm. like you were. It's not like you know, like um. You ever look at these, like, movies, I want to say, like, Summer of Sam, yeah. or, like, these yeah. movies where they're, yeah. like, these are the punk rockers that were walking around in 1970 or whatever year, like, you yeah. know, and it's just, like, don't they're, oh, no. You know, like, people, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I guess, where do you kind of go from, like, the B-52s and these bands? Like, I, I, oh. I guess you have, like, um, you got the itch now. You got to scratch that itch, right, Derek? Yeah, right, so... Ask me my first show. What was your first show? It was seeing the Dead Kennedys. What? Yeah, and like, 
Um, had you heard of them before you went? Like, was that like something you were, we were just of? We were just starting again, and like, we were kids. And this is like before, um, like now, you know, you gotta be 21, and you gotta mm. be ID'd and everything. Like, this is like, I just feel like you could be a kid and like go to bars, go to clubs, and like nobody... I'm embarrassed to say this. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I remember going into a bar and drinking at 13. I'm not wow. kidding. <laughs> like, and I think it's partially because I'm tall. Partially because, like, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's because I'm tall. Mm -hmm. So I look maybe mm -hmm. 15 or 16, but still not. That's like a bold move for a 13-year-old. Yeah, like, it was really weird. Were you by like, yourself? No, with like my friends. Like I just like oh. like it's horrifying. Like I'm like what? Well, I was drinking at thirteen too. Yeah, like, that's I think you know where you. Speak. But like to go into a bar yeah. though. Yeah, we'd have to sneak it. We'd have to pour water into the parents' liquor bottle. Yeah, and no, of course. Like yeah, like you know, like that's what I want to say. You start okay. I mean, look, I don't don't approve of this. <laughs> I don't approve. But anyway, I mean, like I just, I just feel like it's. So all the 13-year-olds listening, don't drink out there. Yeah, like, it's horrifying. I, well, I just saw a thing that, like, the kids today um, drink and smoke and take drugs less than the yeah. previous generations. Well, I think it would be harder now. Like, I really do think it would be harder to, like, walk into a bar or, like, a certain area. Oh, definitely. CCTV and smartphones and everything, like... <laughs> There's no, uh, no way. I mean, like, I mean, I got, I got ID much more now than ever, like, when I was, like, when I was seeing these shows. But See, anyway. Whatever I told you, I was going to weasel my way into the story. When I was 13, my friend became a bouncer at a bar, and he was 14. Um, that was owned by a cop. And it became like the... How? Wait, what? In the front of half of it was a karaoke bar. And then the back half was this huge room that was just like a giant underage bar. For like... Yeah! Like, it was... Kids. That's where... That's the bar that I went. Like, I went to like the underage bar run by... <laughs> A mafioso guy or something like just you know Fat Tony's, but you know <laughs> underage bar and like it's just kids from junior high that yeah. are sitting there like like I it's really weird it's when weird. I think about it's it. It's so weird to think about it now because like, I couldn't imagine that maybe it exists. Maybe we're just unaware of it. Maybe there's one right underneath us right now. Yeah, yeah. Go hang there afterwards. <laughs> I know. You know what I think? I think it's the kids today are they are given prescription drugs mm -hmm. at a young age. <laughs> Well, they, just, they could just get, you know. Find your kicks other places. Yeah, they or, could just. Or they make crocodile. <laughs> Something really terrible. <laughs> so, where did you. Uh, you talk about this Dead Kennedy show. So, like. Yeah, and it was like SSD and like. What? Like, oh, I I've like, seen a fire for this yeah, show. Yeah, like it was at the Paramount in Staten Island, New oh, York. Oh my god. Yeah, it's SSD. Who was on that bill? Like, I, like, I knew you would know. I'm going to pick it DYS? Maybe SSD. was it like a bunch of Boston mans that came up, I'm and that's like the remember. is that the fight where the Boston people fought all the New York people? In the it pit? was the big fight outside, yeah, yeah, outside and inside. It was freaking scary. I like, think we were kids, and it was just like, whoa, <laughs> like. Which of those bands kind of stood out to you the most that night? Do you remember which one? Like, oh, is that Kennedy? I yeah. mean, I just love, I love them. I, yeah. I mean, I just. That's how I first heard about the Trilateral Commission. <laughs> it's from Kennedy's lyrics, like, you know, like, political. Yeah. You know, like, no, all like, in Cambodia. Like, you know. But. There's so much stuff in, like, Jell-O's lyrics. And even Jell-O now, I went and, when we were on the Bruce Cruise, did you see him do that spoken word when he did that lecture in that little... Yeah, like, absolutely. Classroom thing in the I, ship? 
It was crazy. It was awesome. That was my idol. And I'm like, what? Like, he's doing a... Sp you know, and it just... It's weird. But he still, like, drops knowledge on me that I'm like, I gotta go research that after what he said. Like, I gotta look into that thing. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. It's funny because at that show, um, at the Bruce Cruise, like, somebody had broken a bottle, right? Mm -hmm. And I was wearing, like, sandaly type things, oh, and I stepped yeah. on glass... Yeah, and they and I was just like, what? And I, it's very sketch when you're out in foreign waters like that. They they don't care. Like I mean, I mean, they care. They have a little nurse there, yeah, yeah. little thing. But um, you're really out of luck if you. I, I really think that they don't have liability. I'm pre, you know pretty sure there's like no laws or yeah. anything. Well, I know they, they. I know like from talking to some of the staff on the ship. They were like from all over the world, and they do it in such a way that they can get around labor laws, and so they yeah. can pay them less than they're supposed to, and all this sort of it's stuff. It's all it's quasi slavery. This is another a, thing. Labor, very, yeah. Yeah, it was a very like <laughs> being on a cruise ship and talking to the staff there makes you not want to go back. No, on no, I well <clears throat> agreed. Yeah, now when you find out, ugh. yeah. So and so so I cut my foot, and I I was in a. A wheel, they wheeled chaired me to the nurse's office, and on the way, Jello was standing there, and he's like, "What happened?" And I'm like, "Oh, and then somebody broke a glass in the pit, like a pit on a cruise ship, Bruce Cruise." Was it during the dirt bomb set? I think I remember it happening or something. Probably, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think yeah. I remember that all going down. Anyway, sorry. Go. Good memory. You know, I mean, I just was just like, "What? Like this should not have be happening." <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and I, my one of my proudest moments, uh, Jello was like, I was like, oh, I cut my foot in the pit, blah blah blah. And he goes, can I kick it? Like, kick, <laughs> want to kick my injured foot? I was like, sure. I, I just was like, okay, sure. What did you say? <laughs> anyway, I was just. So when you go back, you're like, sorry. <laughs> you coming old? That's awesome. So you come out of that dead candy show. I, I can't believe you weren't intimidated off of what's going on at that point as, like, a young person seeing all this stuff. Well, you know what I mean? Like, so, this is, like, you know, what's happening right now in New York is hardcore. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I was into the New York hardcore scene, whatever, you know, and, yeah, the pit, forget it. Like, I remember, what's that, like... It was either Agnostic Front or Crumbs, some band like that. I went to a show, and the pit is was brutal, mm -hmm. right? And they don't care if you're a girl, right? I mean, I remember literally, like, getting knocked to the ground, punched in the breast, like, stomped on, like, you know, like, no unity or helping. Yeah. Or, this is New York. I don't know, like, Well, I've always heard, like, it's, it's funny you bring up that Boston show. Like, this, the legend that I've heard is that New York had this really kind of, like, communal scene and everyone hung out together right. and then then like the Boston thing happened and they showed up and they just beat the crap out of everyone and that's when it started getting oh so maybe that's now. what it, oh yeah. that's that's a legend who knows how true that is that's probably okay I, I'll buy that yeah yeah because there's like you look at the early scene you've got like you got bands like the Stimulators and the Mad and they're hanging out with like all these other like kind of like you know, like other other punk bands and other bands kind of like, you know, bands that are flirting into hardcore and stuff like that. And it's like, it seemed like it was like a, a little more of a... Yeah, like I would say the the scene prior to the that one, yeah, was definitely 
Well, it was also more catchy and melodic, more punk, mm-hmm. 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 you know. Um, but um, yeah, so that that's I don't know. What. So where were like so were you going to shows kind of on the regular at this point? Or yeah, you- I So so yeah. Then I I mean, and the thing is, like I can't remember, but I just remember certain shows. Like I saw Husker Du, mm-hmm. and like my ears got blown out. <laughs> I saw the Butthole Surfers. I saw like all these bands that were just like the most insane, awesome stuff you'd ever want to see. And you're seeing them in their prime too. Like, yeah. The early like. The early, yeah. You know, like I mean, I was really. Who's Renew was my band. Like I really love them. Uh, that that's like and like the you know. SST, you know, American hardcore, and then like indie. What was it rock. about Husker Du? Was it the melody? Do you think, or like that? I guess spoke to you more than say SSD. Yeah, because they were catchier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just like <laughs> stuff that was catchier. Like I just like a lot of the hardcore started to get. This isn't catchy and melodic. Yeah. I liked it more, you know, melodic and I don't know. And also, who's going to their lyrics were not the typical. Mm-hmm. You know, but weren't about um, unity necessarily. Uh, Every single song, <laughs> back. So funny. So I guess like well, we we could walk together, we could rock together. <laughs> so for for records at this point, you're you're going to stores and buying. What is the stuff you're gravitating to? Oh, so well, what happened was, I'm in high school now, and um, I got a job at a record store. Oh, which what was it called? Oh, our music center. Awesome. Not, and um. It was actually, it used to be called Your Music Center, and then the Y <laughs> fell off, so it just became, everyone's Our Music Center. <laughs> and um, it was like the only place you could get, like, you know, imports, yeah. and, you know, and whatever, punk, alternative, hardcore, whatever. And, mm-hmm. and eventually, I got the job as the imports or, you know, alternative buyer or whatever. And um, so I got access to a lot of, Good records. Yeah. And then also, when I was in high school, um, you could take classes at the local community college to, for credits um, that you could apply in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, and they had a college radio station. So I was on the radio, like, at a young age, too. Like, had you heard of college radio prior? Like, were you listening to it? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, that's, so, like, back in the day. Yeah. There's no intranet, so there's no way to hear this music unless you literally bought the record or you heard it on a college radio station or you know, just radio. Mm-hmm. And I think people, if they don't have access to that, man, like, yeah. you're, uh, you know, well, I don't know how people listen to and st- hear new stuff. You're in a really fortunate part of the country because, like, there's so much university stations in proximity. You probably could hear tons of st- oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, there was so many good stations, like... Yeah, like FMU mm-hmm. and uh, NYU, the New Afternoon Show, mm-hmm. like just yeah, all as, as, yeah, any no, literally any college station yeah. was playing good stuff. What was your did your station? What was the call sign for your? Oh, WSIA. WSIA. Yeah, okay. yeah, and then I went to FMU. Yeah, okay, yeah. But um, what was your show called? Do you remember your first show? Did it have a name? Your first show, I guess. Like no, nah, I was just spinning punk records. But um, I, did I have a name? I don't think I had a name. Um, Were there local bands that you did? Like, obviously, the hardcore stuff's happening, and, you know, but there's also, like, stuff in New Jersey that's a little more melodic. Were there local bands that you kind of were into? Or, and, like, in Staten Island, were there any bands that you were into? Or? Well, there's this huge Staten Island scene yeah. the, uh, revolving around, I want to say, my brother. So, but, um, <laughs> um, no, but, like, no, like, do you, had you heard of, like, the Serpico? Yeah. 
and uh, like Sleeper. Okay, yeah. Sleeper, not Sleeper UK. Yeah, no, no. Like the original Sleeper was from Staten Island, and they had to change. They not that they had to change. They there was a UK Sleeper, and um, this just shows you how much money was in the record industry back then. They were like, we want the name Sleeper, but uh, the Staten Island one. Like, no, we had the name first. You gotta pay us. I think they got like $25,000. <laughs> just to change it, you know. I think, I, I think that's, yeah, like, it's just. I remember Dead Guy apparently sold their name to a Japanese clothing company. That was a, wow. that, that was a story in the 90s. Uh, New Jersey's own. <laughs> Dead Guy. So, wow. yeah, but were those bands you were into? Like, were you into Sleeper and stuff, or? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Because it was yeah. local? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was a ton, I mean, there's so many. Do your research. Like I'll let you, like, you look at like all the offshoot bands. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they they connect to a lot of it. I mean, I th I feel like um, Bill Stevenson produced one of their oh, records, wow, awesome. and like you know yeah. there was a connection, yeah. and like uh, like a government issue connection. Mm -hmm. Like there's just the more melodic side of eighties hardcore, like the the the. Uh... Like kind of like the esoteric, less of the like straightforward blasting stuff. Did you ever see any of the Mother Records bands? Like uh, like that's Jersey. Yeah, that's Jersey. Did I they ever come have... down to or play like uh, that you would have seen or anything? Uh, Chronic Who else name some? Uh, oh. Worst, the worst. Um, uh, uh, Cinicide, uh, Fatal Rage. Uh, Gosh, Terry, now The Knot. I think they were on there. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I could... Was Partners in Crime on that list? Or who am I thinking of? Um, Ooh. Knot. They're, uh, what's the name of it? I don't know. Okay. But yeah, like it, it always feels like that was like a, it's a that's the thing that's That amazing. was Jers. Like, like the, I feel like that, and I wasn't Jers. And there's sure. all these like little fiefdoms here that had their own scenes that don't really seem to have you know, like with the, I guess the New York hardcore became like it's a, a worldwide brand at a certain point. Right, right, right. But like all this other stuff, it like it kind of like stayed seemingly local. Right, but then, but buy our record stuff. I guess would play all over too. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I just I think that I got out of hardcore and got into you know what would be called indie rock mm -hmm. or alternative or, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, I still like. You know, catching melodic punk. You know what I mean. But uh, there's a lot of other stuff happening in New York at the time. Yeah. I mean, so you know Gerard Consolier, right? I've, I've I've met him a couple times. He's so actually he, the guest this week on the show again. Oh. Or two. Okay, good. So then, I don't know if you got to. I feel like the first one. We got to. You did, this one did is, he even get out of Boston? No, he out moved of that to New York at the end of, the, of that one, and then this one is only about the period between. Him quitting Homestead, or like him moving to New York and being at Homestead and joining Matador. So it's all about him being in Gigi Allen's band. It's yes, that's what. Okay, so that I mean, I feel like Cosley coming to New York and like Homestead, like gave it a whole. Yes, bringing Gigi Allen <laughs> to gracing us with, uh, you know. Do you see the Gigi ever? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh right, so. Here's the thing about Gigi Allen, like, so, I, I don't know if, like, people, if people get away with, like, G, the concept of Gigi Allen, like, because he's got records, like, I'm a rapist. Yeah. You know, and all these things. Expose like, yourself to children. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> but, like, 
I mean, I felt like at the time, I wasn't offended by it. Like, I just thought it was funny. I just thought it was like, this guy's a spectacle. And actually, at the time, I actually thought, this guy is just all talk. It's just a spectacle. Because, like, this again, no intranet. No, you yeah. really don't know yeah. what he's doing in the clubs, right? And the word had spread. Like, you'd heard of, like, the legend of Gigi by this point, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... I want to say that Homestead had put out some of those records. Homestead did. They did Expose Yourself to Children, the 7-inch, and then they did the LP, like blah, 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 blah. You Give Love a Bad Name. And they did like a, they Another? Two, two LPs? I thought they did two LPs. Yeah, and a 7-inch maybe. And like, and they were, they were that good. Like the older <laughs> yeah. stuff no, is the, good. The first, the Jabber stuff is incredible. Yeah. 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 Oh, that stuff is awesome. But yeah, it's like, it's funny, we were talking about this, we were talking about this on, on the Footnotes podcast that I do the other day, okay. that Gigi almost has like a reverse evolution. Like he got worse as time went on. Yes, like you know most yes. bands get more melodic and they get more yeah. skilled? He went the he opposite like, way. new wave. Yeah, he reverse sold out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's so awesome. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's right, he did. But um, yeah, so it, the whole thing was, it was just like, oh, this is a total spectacle. This is like fake. This is just like fake the way, uh, you know, Ozzy biting the head off of a bat. That's just all hearsay, and it's just an act. And so it did not intimidate me. But my friends, and I was hanging out with like all these hardcore guys at the time, punk guy, well, I don't yeah. know, whatever. And they were like, we got to go see Gigi. He's going to play a cat club, man. And we're like, Oh, we gotta go. So, um, I'm like, I'm not afraid of him. <laughs> it's a joke. Come on. And they were like, No, we are. We're scared. So we go, and um, we're in the club, and there's a line outside. It's just people crowded around the woman's room, and um, people were like, and I had to go to the bathroom, and people were like. Don't go in there. Gigi Allen's in there and he's jerking off, right? And I'm like, oh, that's just fake. Come on, man. Like, I'm just a little punk and everything. And so I go in there. And in fact, he is in there oh jerking God. off in the woman's room. And there this is what he's wearing. Nothing. He's wearing a jock strap and boots. And that is it. Or maybe a headband. And, and he's got his peanut out. I mean, it's like... You a need peanut. a microscope <laughs> yeah, to see this thing. We've all, if you want to see it, just go to YouTube and look up Hated. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it. I mean, that, that's why, like, just even getting back to the thing of, like, oh, it's so misogynistic and this, that, it's like, you know, any woman at the time is not going to be intimidated by this guy. This guy's a junkie. He, he could, well, anyway, so I go in there and I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom, get out of the woman's room, right? And so then, uh, this having never met him, nothing, I don't know. And then he's like, oh, let me drink your piss. And I'm like, I don't have to do that. And he goes, oh, then let me eat your shit. And then, I don't have to do that. I said, I have to, have to change my tampon. I have a bloody tampon. Like, I mean, I can't believe I was talking this way to him. <laughs> um, and then he goes, oh, let me eat. That's my favorite. Let me eat that. I'm like, just get out. I go into the stall, but he doesn't leave. And I'm like, I'm going to show him. I get this disgusting, bloody thing, okay? And I'm like, I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to show him. Calls bluff. Fake yeah. jerk, you know? And then um, 
I get out of the bathroom. He's like, oh, let me have your bloody tampon, whatever. And then um, I gave it to him. And I mean, it was disgusting. I mean, just sorry. I mean, you're... You've seen childbirth. You're married. You know. I know. I, I, yeah. You know. I, I'm not squeamish. Don't worry in any way. <laughs> but this is... <laughs> and he literally just takes it and starts eating it. <laughs> and it was like, wow, this guy's real. And then, and then I was like, holy shit, this guy's real. I'm alone in the bathroom with this guy. <laughs> and you just ate a tampon. And he's and like just like eating it like it's friggin... Fried chicken. It's just, it, was, it was like the most gnarly, disgusting thing. Like, what? So I go, I'm like, all right, goodbye. I'm out of here yeah. now. I'm out. I'm out. And then he's like, wait, wait. And he's like, I like you. Blah, blah, blah. Be my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was. Did you stay for the show? Oh, yeah. The show was awesome. Like, it was, I mean, when I say awesome, I mean, I mean, you know, like Gigi, I'm, I'm, Gerard was in that, that band. That was his lineup. That's right? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like, was Thurston Moore in that band? Uh, well, there was one. He, there wait, was which one? Which one? I Moore can't remember. Supposed to play. There was mm -hmm. one they put together, and Thurston Moore was supposed to play, and he didn't. So they got Jay in at the last second. And I think Chris Lombardi might have been in that lineup, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. who was the drummer. But they had like an all-star. And it was his first, I think that's his first show after he got out of prison, Gerard says. Okay. It's one of the early ones when he got released. I mean, one of those Staten Island guys, John Lisa, I feel like he played with, he was like... In a band too? No, with, part of maybe Gigi's pickup band. He okay. was like yeah. a big Gigi guy. Okay. That's the guy from uh, Sleeper. Okay, Sleeper yeah, 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 okay. Like. Um, but I think, I mean, I... You know, well, tell me. You know better than I tell. No, I think I think there was because like Gerard says there was a show where he put together this pickup band, and then eventually that morphed into Gerard's lineup that he had. But they mm. had this like show, and I think it's at the Cat Club. I, I haven't listened to the Gerard episode yet. I have to listen to it tonight to edit it. But I'm pretty sure that's what he says. So that would have been that show. There's another show he talked about where the lighting rig fell down. Gigi pulls that wow. lighting rig and split some guy's head open. It was a film director who tried to sue. G was like, oh, I was like. Here's the most memorable stuff at it. I mean, it's like, he, he comes out on stage, he takes a crap, uh, and then he's taking it and he's like rubbing the microphone up his butt and the crap on the microphone and then he starts eating it and it's like, then he's throwing the shit on to, on the, in the audience. And we're just like, oh my God, this is like, I mean, it was horrible, but it was awesome. Because you just, you've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, yeah. No rules, rules, man. Yeah. Like, true, like, okay, that's punk, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like. Were you like. But, well, I, oh, I think, um, this guy, John Lisa, I, I didn't see this, but um, I think before the show, Gigi was um, in a store, and he drank a whole... Oh, that was the other thing. He drank, like, an entire... Ipecac? Or no. Well, but also... Laxatives or something, or...? That, but also... <laughs> like, like a Jack Daniels? Okay, yeah. Like, the entire thing. Like, you, oh. like how do you not die and get alcohol? But... but and I, I think this is a story. You're going to have to ask him, but, like... um. 
he was he was getting bananas from this like you know convenience store. He's like, I need these to shove up my ass on stage. Like it's like he's saying this is like before the show. I missed this part, but and then that's why they were afraid. They were like, no, no, he's real. He's yeah. real, Terry. Don't deal with this guy because he's he's a scary real. And then like you know he's rolling on the stage and but it's just like he's so not scary because he's like. It's comical in a way. And he's just like, hey, really? Uh, the, the, you know, the hardcore girl in the audience with the combat boots can kick you and you'll tip over. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Like, you're just not going to, like... You're not, a, yeah, intimidating. Well, I guess you're also seeing, like, really scary people, like these New York hardcore people in these pits, too, right? So Yeah, yeah. Not, at that time, yeah, exactly. Like, he couldn't knock me over if he tried. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, would you do you go? Was that your? Were you like, no, nah, nah, this isn't for me ever again. No, no, I, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> it was funny. I, I mean, again, it, like, see, I think now I wouldn't fly. People would be all offended by it. They'd be so no offended way by it. You could fly now. There's a band. Do you know Eat the Turnbuckle from Philadelphia? No, like, they know the scatological stuff. But they, I saw them play this year at the Tournament of Death wrestling tournament in Townsend, Delaware. And at one point, I turned away. Because I had to do an interview with someone because I was shooting a documentary. I turned back and I just see uh, one of the dudes in the band wrapped in barbed wire with his elbow on fire on top of a ladder <laughs> jumping through another guy laid on a table while he like he's laying there. Wait, what? <laughs> in the middle of the show. They're like blood everywhere. They're like beating each other up, putting each other in wrestling moves, like hitting each other with big, like barbed wire stuff. Yeah, you know, wait, and this is... Now. 2016. Yeah, they, they, they're banned from all these places. They can't, they are supposed to go to England for a tour and they're like, yeah, you, you can't come here. But wait, so their angle is their... A deathmatch wrestling band. And the music they play is... Like, anti-scene informed hardcore. Okay. Like, I would say uh, it's a, it's, 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 yeah, anti-scene informed hardcore. Or like, not anti-scene, more like... Just Confederacy of Scum in general informed hardcore. <laughs> okay. Or informed hardcore too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is the scatological. Wow. I mean, feel I feel like. But you're right. It wouldn't like Gigi. Gigi himself would not fly. I. You bring peanut butter into a venue, they're gonna shut that thing down. Let <laughs> poop. <laughs> I, well, the thing is, like, I mean, the venue was like the cat. I don't know if they had any idea. <laughs> I mean, and I, I mean that was yeah that was. I think the spectacle aspect, there was a lot more of that. Like, yeah. you don't see, um, you know. Even like, the cramps. Like, the stuff that Lux would do on stage, like, you don't really have bands doing that in the same way anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no. This, well, you know what I feel like? So I feel like some of this really, really underground death metal, like, uh, like this really satanic, like, I can't, I can't remember the names of it, but, like, you know, they've got, like, Cor- uh, animal corpses on stage, and there's blood. They're drinking blood, and they're doing. Oh, the all band that, that like what, they, what's what's what are they called? They bury their clothes with dead stuff, so it smells like death. Yeah, like, yeah, know, yeah. Like, but but like really like, uh, you gotta talk to Diane yeah. on FMU. Oh, she's got New Jersey hardcore legend. Yes, and but the st- she's got crazy stories, but like were like crazier than mine. Like just like. But um, anyway, but like, so, and she was just telling me about this show that she'd been, and she's like, yeah, I mean, these are, you know, I, I want to say these people would have been the people just after, like, the guy that burned down the church, mm-hmm. 
You know, like the just, next wave. <laughs> so that that's that's real underground crazy crap. Like I, I also always like you know um, juggalos. You know, like that's like like who's despised by society more now than juggalos? Like they're a gang in the FBI watch list. Like. People don't like their music, don't understand their music, myself included sometimes, except for homies, because that's a sick song. But, uh, you know, like, they're really, like, you know, like, like I, I've always kind of been like, well, maybe that's the punk, because I don't get it. Right, right, you know? right. So, so here's the thing. So, just getting back to the earlier thing of, yeah. like, like, even just that very, very early, like, the thing of hearing Sex Pistols or whatever, just, it's just like, is this pop, like... Does it mean that you have to be like against society and against rules and um, an and antichrist and all this other stuff? Like, if you want to be into punks, you have to be uh, an antisocial weirdo. And um, no, I just like this music. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I think this is catchy. I mean, like, my thoughts might be not conformist or typical or whatever, but I just feel like, no, I'm not going to walk around like this misanthropic... No, just in a jockstrap boots and a headband. <laughs> Eating used tampons, yeah, you know, like no. just... Were you into know. that Noiseville stuff that was happening at all? Like all those, um, I'm trying to think of some bands, like um, Iowa Beef Experience and... Um, uh, the thing and like it just seems like there's that that whole like noise yeah like fuck kind of scene yeah that was popular not as much uh, that was happening that that's the what, what, pig fucker music they were yeah, calling yeah, it yeah, you yeah, know that's right. um, the best genre but I mean I, I like the stuff that would have been oh my god I don't I'm, this is no offense to anybody but like this would have been the top of that yeah scene um but it's 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 really inaccurate to say this but you know like whatever like sonic youth lydia lunch like that was happening like again that pussy galore yeah yeah yes pussy galore and then like and i don't I, they would not like to be none of those bands would like to be called pig fucker whatever <laughs> but like it's just like it's the more nihilistic more darker you know yeah noisier dissonant uh Stuff that was happening. That's also Gerard. Yeah, you know. That's why the city's so. This area is so cool because you have like New York hardcore, and at the exact same time, you've got this horribly named whatever pig fucker from <laughs> right, 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 happening, and you've got like still like the holdover from that old New York stuff, like the first wave still kind of around too, and everything in New Jersey and everything in Staten Island. I don't know. Yeah, like yeah, definitely. Um, did you ever like what? Because you're obviously like I know you as like once again a poorly broadly termed thing, but okay. garage rock yeah. and garage yeah. punk DJ. Mm -hmm. Where was that? When did that enter your life and that kind of influence enter your life? Oh yeah, that was just I think like when I um, got uh, you know into when I got on the radio and like but the records were coming out. You know, um, I'm trying to think like at the at the time. Oh, here's a couple records. Um, Ear Piercing Punk. Do you know okay. this compilation? Okay. It's, it's called Ear Piercing Punk. It's got a punk girl on it, like a mohawk, and it's but it's all garage rock, like 60s oh. garage. <laughs> and it's like they were doing it to like, no, there's a connection between 60s 
this disgusting 60s garage and this new music that you, mm-hmm. you know, punk. And also, like, the Back from the Grave comps. Yep. That stuff, like, oh, this is really badly played. And, you know, and, like, the cramps. Yeah. People like that. Like, so if you got into that, you would get into garage and psychedelia and stuff. I mean, I, I feel like I got into that. Well, Norton, I guess, is happening here right by that point. Or like, is Norton? Because well, didn't they do it Back from the Grave? Um, oh, no, Crypt. No, no, we took Back from the Graves. Uh, oh. Well, Crypt, but it was actually, I thought... Um, I'm trying to picture the back of the cop. Yeah, was it? I think, is it was Crypt? It crypt? Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think it was Crypt. crypt. I yeah, think it's like, crypt. Oh, man, see, this is what I mean. I'm back <laughs> yeah, but this with was, all that stuff. <clears throat> but, Terry, have, we've talked about a million bands right now, so the fact that we're dropping the ball on one of them is no big <laughs> deal. <laughs> but, yeah, like, all, and then, like, you, you know... You would hear these bands, and they would cover '60s garage stuff, yeah. or or stuff from the season. And you're like, oh, I, I I didn't even know that was, you know, like whatever, like Who's Do covering Sunshine Superman, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, uh, Sonic Youth covering Bubblegum, or like The Fall covering Mr. Pharmacist, yeah. or like a lot of uh, um, Halo Flies covering. On mod, is it on that mod set? Mod, Wait, uh, is it Halo? Oh my god! Oh, I forgot. But like I'm saying, this but there's no, really I know exactly what you're saying. No, but you're saying like I can oh, even god. goes back. I guess like you know, obviously this is a very big song, not really a garage rock song, but even flag covering Louie Louie. You know, like you have like yeah, and their take on it. Yeah, like yeah, definitely for yeah. sure. Yeah, for, definitely. Or just showing the connection. Yeah, there's definitely a connection there. You know. Dead boys on that first record do that. Uh, what song do they do? Uh, a hey, hey little, little girl. girl. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, like, yeah, you're right. There is that connection. So that, I guess you recognize that and kind of gravitated. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Um, and you know, and also like, cause, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I just like guitar and drums, catchy rock and roll. Like, I don't know how to, how else to say it, but like, cause there was other stuff happening where it was just. I don't know, like just overproduced and you yeah. know whatever. So, were like what were like the first bands in the area kind of doing that sound? Because obviously, like you know, eventually you have, you have like a big scene that um, doing what sound? Like doing like kind of like a a, a more like root in the '60s kind of take on punk. You know, oh, like, like you got like eventually New Bomb Turks. You got a whole scene that kind of like you know that all Chesterfield Kings. Chesterfield. Oh yeah, absolutely. The Out of Place. Yeah. The The Vipers maybe. Okay. Um, well, that's like those are the yeah. I mean, I don't know. Were you saying this locally? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean like, or even like bands like, like were the Gruesomes coming down, or were they from Montreal? Like they're they're yeah. they're the Canadian answer, I guess. That kind of time period, or like I want to see the Liars. Yeah, from uh, Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, like it's hard for me because see this, this is the other thing with your if you're in New York, mm-hmm. every band comes to play. Mm-hmm. Every single band comes to play. So you saw everything. What scene? I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what, what? It's not what, like, you're not limited to just. I mean, really? I mean, if I could go back in time and just keep better records, <laughs> keep track, remember to buy certain records, like you know, like that I can flip and sell, you know, just so many. Oh. I was at we were at the Discord house yesterday and Ian's like here's my flyer collection and pulls it out and it's like like the neatest like it looked like brand new pristine and I'm like how did you keep them like this he's like I don't know I just 
knew that they were special to me, so I wanted to save them. And I'm like, wow, you are the most. And he's got records for like everything, <laughs> like you know, wow. every band and stuff like that. It's it's truly inspiring. And I realize that I've wasted my entire punk rock experience not doing the same thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like, He's got like notes on every show he saw almost. Yeah. Like, why didn't I do that? Because I saw a lot of good bands and I can't even remember. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember. Like, but I guess, like, you're too involved to. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm I'm always just in the now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm in, like, it's the present. And it's just. I think that's also why I think, like, I respect you so much because it's not like, you know, you were in the cut for so many great scenes, but, like, you know, on the show, you still, like, you gave my band a shot. You gave Jay a shot. You gave, like, all these bands, like, like opportunities to play and, like, you know, all these artists that, like, you know, so it's not like you, so many people are like, well, that's the best era and nothing that came after yeah. this point matters. And not yeah. even like that at times, you know? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's why I couldn't just be, like, Joe Hardcore Girl mm-hmm. or Joe... Joe, like, you know, Jane, Jane, you know, <laughs> re, re, garage rock person, you know, like, you know, just cave girl. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not just, there's so much other stuff, you know, oh, I can't just like the grunge that was happening or whatever. Mm. Like, um, was there any stuff that happened in that? Cause I obviously that well, actually this one, when Nirvana comes and mm-hmm. it, it happens, what was your take on it? Cause it's always a different take I find with everyone. Well, the funny thing is, I went to go see them. Uh, I think it was Maxwell's, maybe. Okay. And, um, oh. but I wasn't going to see them. I was going to see. I'm embarrassed to say. I think it was Tad. Right? Uh, why are you embarrassed? All right. Well, not embarrassed, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like the great band, the clear yeah. band. Yeah, Nirvana obviously wins that war. <laughs> you know, and it was just like so. That was that. I thought that was, and you know. A funny, that's not funny, but like a weird, you know that Nirvana Unplugged yeah. uh, thing? I'm in the audience there. You can see me. Really? Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, so you became a fan, I guess? Or were you a fan? No, I had gotten tickets. I can't remember how I got the tickets. Maybe David Newgarden hooked me up or something. I'm, I'm trying to remember. But somehow he got tickets to that Unplugged thing. And um, one thing we I did... I'll, I'm such a jerk. I um, started yelling out Jeremy in the Pearl Jam song. Oh I played Jeremy. Like, I mean, this is like, I, I think back now, like, wow, man, I was obnoxious. Like, really, like, so stupid. But I started, and then um, Chris turned around. He's like, what? What did you say? Like, he was ready to throw me out. And I, I was like, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Like, you know, yeah. I, but they took it really seriously. Yeah. Like, like. Don't you dare compare us to or put us on par with Pearl Jam, you know what I mean? That was such a low simmering beef. Like they, the two bands clearly did not get along, and everyone kind of knew. But it was just like this, like I remember, like even as a kid, like being like, "Oh, this stuff's happening." Right, right, I'm like, right. But these two bands don't like each other. Even I knew it as yeah. like a kid who knew nothing. Yeah, that, you know, and it's just like, I mean, and now of course, like you know. <laughs> that's that's the best. That's, you rule so much, Terry. <laughs> they edited that scene out of the DVD. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> so really weird, but um. So were you like, were you a fan of their music? Like, did you like? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I did. I mean, I think I like Mudhoney more. Yeah. Like out of those bands, yeah, like yeah. uh, that's another band. I think they did a cover of uh, 
did a bunch, right? Well, Nirvana covered Love Buzz. Yeah. I forget that. I always forget that's a cover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That incesticide record's amazing for the covers on there, too. Right, 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 yeah. The, like, uh, um, Molly's Lips, like that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have known the Vaseline's. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I didn't, I was like a, that's the first place I heard the Vaseline's, because, like, I didn't have sure, yeah. the sub-pop reissue at that point or anything. It's true, yeah. Um, yeah, like. It's funny, because a lot of people that come on the show, they're the band that gets them into it, and it's. It, Nirvana. Nirvana. And right, right. Depending on. What shirt you gravitated to that one of the members was wearing was the path these people have wound up taking. So the Daniel Johnston shirt. Yeah, like, so, yeah exactly. Or like um, I was talking to a friend last night and it was the Beat Happening shirt. When he wow. Was the Beat shirt. But I know people that have come on who said it was the SSD shirt. When they would see Chris wearing the SSD shirt and they were like, oh, wow, that's that interesting. Yeah. Wow. It, it's, it's amazing how what a role that band played in sort of the next wave after them coming in like it's almost like they ended one scene and begat another scene yeah yeah no that's actually I didn't think of that because I think not only did I get into um like garage rock and from yeah like what punks were doing mm -hmm. and psychedelia but I also got into or I found out about classic rock mm -hmm. through like, Black Flag, love Black Sabbath, like, you know, or whatever, or just, like, and, like, that whole SST, you know, like, same vibe, like, all, like, yeah. oh, there's these, oh, what's Black Sabbath, like, yeah. you know, oh, Hell's Bell, like, yeah, I don't know, like, it just, I'm trying to think of, um... But it's the harder, harder rock than your babysitter back then was listening to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, exactly. Not like you discovered Kansas. <laughs> Gone to Kansas. <laughs> that's true. That, 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 yeah, that's right. That's right. But yeah, like it's, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. For most bands, like I probably, I, I think I, you know, might have heard Black Sabbath otherwise. But I think my understanding came from being like, oh, the obsessed likes this band, or oh, like I hate God wouldn't exist. Like that's when I went deep cut. Like I knew Paranoid. I knew I had the first album, but like. Once I started getting into all these bands, I'm like, oh, this band's fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's a good... Wow. I, I'm going to have to think about that. Like, how... But I also had... I mean, outside of the fact of being in New York, having all those good radio stations, working at a record store, also having older people that were the generation before, like, cluing you into, oh, you got to check out the New York Dolls, or, oh, you got to check out blah, 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 like, these older punk records you know, like to clue me into mm -hmm. stuff and, and um, get me into stuff. And um, let me just ask you a question. Yeah. What, what do you attribute the, like who started punk? I think it's so hard. Cause like it's, you know, I used to say, you know, well, like obviously I, like when I first found out about it, I'm like, oh, the Sex Pistols. And then it was like, no, New York is the birth of punk. But then now it's like, my thing is that in 70, obviously garage rock, they start referring to it as punk, you know, like that's, mm -hmm. you know, like you can see in old issues of Bop, like, you know, or, or Lester Bangs was calling stuff punk too, mm -hmm. I guess. But for me, it's like 74 is like this kind of magic period where you have Patty like, Smith, Patty Smith, and you have like the, the stuff happening in Cleveland. Yeah. And, like, right, right. and then you have stuff happening, even in Hamilton, you have Mom's. Simply Saucer doing their first recordings. Yep. And then yep. the Saints in Australia are getting going and Nerves in. I'm so glad you said 74, right? Because yeah. It's, it's almost like that's when it kind of coalesces for the first time. Um, yeah, okay, what, good. What's your definition? Well, no, no, no. I mean, because I think, you know, 
clearly the beginning of the story is like Sex Pistols, they this evil band, and you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's the creation of punk. And then, but we know now, oh, it's just like this is a put together band, Malcolm McLaurin, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and he put the band together after seeing the New York Dolls and copying it, and then adding the nihilism and all the other stuff, and um, but it was just basically a rip off of the music of the New York Dolls. So I always say that punk started in Staten Island, <laughs> New York, because David Johansson yeah. from Staten Island, yeah. New York Dolls, yeah. and that's who, you know, yeah. the Sex Pistols ripped off. So it wasn't for Staten Island, New York, forget it, there'd be no punk. <laughs> You know what? That's going to be my new answer to that question from now on. (laughs) Staten Island. Um, The Dolls are like one of those bands that like, it's funny because like I play my kids punk and hardcore stuff like just because I'm that terrible parent that does that. The only band that they've really fallen in love with are are the New York Dolls. Interesting. Yeah, Trash is like a a favorite car song. Now, how old are your kids? Seven, four, and I could be honest, the 14-month-old doesn't really care what I play. Well, I would say that's because it's baby music. Like that uh-huh. is like it's like trash. Don't pick it up. It's like very like yeah, so babyish. Yeah, in a good way. Like yeah. I, cl- I mean, I, I haven't really expanded. Like I just that's my own little. You know, how you have yeah. only weird personal terms. So I have like baby music, baby pants. Like I call like leggings or like yoga pants, baby pants because they look <laughs> like baby pants to me. But um, my, so, kid wear, my kids wear very similar things to yoga pants. Like these, like leggings that they wear. Yeah, they're leggings. Yeah. No, they're baby pants. Like, yeah, baby. like, but when I see an adult woman wearing it, and I self include, I'm like, oh, baby pants. <laughs> yeah. But um, so baby music to me is just like it's just like this catchy thing, and it's very simple, and you know, it's it's not too hard for the kids to understand. You know, pop music. So that's all. That's why. I, that's why I guess. That's why they like. Yeah. They, they, they have to build up to your season, well, I'm not, hardcore. Don't you know. worry, I'm not. I'm well, not what are you I'm, spinning them? Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not spinning them Siege or anything yet. I'm starting <laughs> it slow. Okay. But like, you know, I find even more than the Ramones, you know, like and, and other stuff that I'm like, oh, this is catchy. Like, you'll like this. But like, it, it was definitely the New York Dolls. Nice. Was the one that they really kind of like got into. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to get them right now into the early Plurex Dutch punk stuff. <laughs> They do not like the tits. My dad's a pusher at all. How can you not like this? Oh my uh, god, that's so funny. It's, I actually found like I um, with our cable, my cell phone thing. They gave me a free thing to one of these streaming services, and I was just like searching every random punk band one day randomly in the van, and somehow I found all these Dutch punk bands, but they weren't listed under their name. They were listed under the record label Plurex. Like oh Dutch wow, bands. and I'm like. So I've been, you know, playing that in the car. Name some more bands. I mean, Tuesday is my pusher. Yeah, my daddy is a pusher. <laughs> um, the Filth, uh, Don't Hide Your Hate. Don't Hide Your Hate. Oh my yeah, God, wow. so I did not, you know what? Wait, so that's Plurex? Plurex. And then they also did Mini Pops eventually, and then they kind wow, of... Wow, Mini Pops is... That's weird. Though. Yeah, like not, you know, not the American Mini Pops. Oh, know, the, okay. The New Wave Mini Pops. They also did the Mumbles, who are a power pop band from California, and then they did this band called the Molesters. Um, like, uh, Plastic was their song. There's only, like, the three punk records, and the Mini wow. Pops is kind of, like, more Dark New Wave, and the Mumbles is, like, straight American... It's American band. Yeah, the, that's what I was thinking. The Mini Pop... I think it... 
That's a plural. I think I have that record. Yeah, right? but it's like it's a weird LP, dark new yeah, wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it might be one of the guys from the Tits in that band or some one of the you know. Yeah, I went on YouTube. So funny. There was like a reunion show a couple of years ago of all of those bands playing in Amsterdam. Wow. It was all on YouTube. Like all the big songs are on YouTube. So wait, are you like Mr. Record Collector? Do you have yeah. lots and lots of records? Yeah, okay. I can't believe we haven't talked about this, Terry. I've got, yeah. I've got a horrible addiction. I've like, it's, some would say it maybe ruined parts of my life. <laughs> oh, wow. I, uh, no, I, 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 trust me. I, I it's been taking me a while to get out of that. It is an addiction. No doubt yeah. about it. Oh, it's like, it's been, horrible. Oh, this tour has been like, it's, it's it, like Chris, who's with Chris O'Toole, host of footnotes. And you know, he, he has this thing where he's like, it's like being on tour with Johnny thunders because people show up the gigs to sell Damien records. Like we can't, like, Oh my God. You know, and Chris also, to be fair, has an addiction, but like my friend, we finished the show in Boston the other night. My friend's like, that's a good, my friend's just like, you want to, he's like, <laughs> so do you pass out on stage from uh, all the records that you got? One like time, just like a, were you at the show we played one time at the, I can't, Warsaw, I think it's called in Brooklyn. Okay. And I was like 30 minutes late for stage time. I think I was. I was at yeah. Academy. That is awesome. <laughs> I got a call from the band. It's like, we are on fucking stage. Where are you? I'm like, I am at Academy. I'm on my way back. Oh, right my now. God. <laughs> yeah. See, we... Well, I, it's, it's... But I think, like, that's the thing about this, this. And it's also the 60s stuff, too. It's like, you can like the the top tier of bands, and, uh-huh. and then it's great. You'll be happy and you'll be satisfied yeah, yeah. just to move that. But there's gold under them hills like yeah. if you dig a yeah, little yeah. deep you're gonna find like oh, yeah. like my dad is a pusher <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you yeah. Know. wow so were you killed by death like when that stuff was happening were you were you on board and like oh yeah 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 that's awesome well wait do you mean like when they came when they came out in yeah, like 77 no no no, 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 no. when did uh, I guess those comps? Can I reveal that he's the the source behind those comps now? Is it? Is, I think yeah. Okay. I mean, he's, he's like. I think he celebrates it now, right? I think he's open about him being the guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's he says all kind. He's that that those oh. records are like, I, I that those records are like my college. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Those were those extremely influential and stuff like that. And at the time, like I feel like. So New York, whatever you're going through, and you use records, and like you know, I got the Mad record, and like just, I got, it's sick. Like I wish I could go back in time. Like the records I got for like ninety nine cents oh. in the, you know. So do I, Terry. Oh. I, and you could, I could give you my want list, and you could just pick up some stuff, with it <laughs> and then come back to the future. <laughs> I know. It's just like so many things. Like it's it's really funny, but like because whatever, like you eighties, know, nineties. It wasn't that far out, like the way it is now. Mm-hmm. Like it's so much harder, but um, and all this stuff's so expensive now. Yeah, like like everyone kind of discogs. Like I love it. It's a mm-hmm. it's a great resource because it's like a giant universal price guide that everyone just checks now every time. So you're not going to find a record that's fallen through the cracks as much. Really? How so? Why, why do you say that? Discogs has a thing called Marketplace on the side, and, and that tells you everyone who's selling their records. So that yeah. serves as like a, a price guide for when you go to a record store. It's like, okay, this record is worth this much money. And you know, and it's very much... <gasps> oh, oh, you're saying you're not going to find the cheap 99 well, cent I mean, things. Yeah, like, and not even that you're not going to find the cheap 99 cent things, but it's like, it's kind of like the mystery has been sucked out of it. Like, you're not going to find that record, like the price thing, I mean, too, but like, you're not going to find that record that you've never heard of 
that you can't find any information about. You still see the odd one, but you put it on, it's like, this is fucking incredible. Because now you just go, discogs it, and you're like, ah, it's only a $3 record. I'll pick it up next time. And you know, I, I, see, I'm, I was familiar with, I am familiar with discogs. I use it all the time because like, I, I sell my records because I have so yeah. So so many. Wait, are you trying to deal me records right now, Terry? No, is that no, what you're no, saying? Not okay, at all. we're gonna we're gonna finish the podcast no, right now. <laughs> no, I mean, but I was just talking about the addiction thing because, like, yeah. I have so many. Tom and I have so many records, and it's just like I gotta get rid of them. And the thing is, like, back in the day, especially when I worked at the record store, I'm getting them wholesale. Mm-hmm. So I can't just buy one. I have to buy two. If it was like, especially like a collectible single and stuff you like. You got doubles of this stuff, some of this stuff? Yeah, but some of the stuff is just like nobody cares. Yeah. And so, so just getting back to this Discogs thing, I feel like, oh, these people don't know how good some of these records yeah. are. Yeah. They don't. And it's just like, wow, this record's only, they only want $3 for this record? F you, I'm keeping it. Well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's reduced to just like a price now. It's not about necessarily the music, it's about like the value of the item. Yeah. Or the, pr- the rarity of the item, I guess, more than the price. I think that's another thing. If I have time, I'm going to just go through my record collection and, you know, comp. I mean, I did that when I was on FMU to have, like, my premium, mm-hmm. and they would be, like, 45s or records from my collection. Um, that, like, you know, I don't know if they're necessarily worth anything, but I just found them catchy, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I like them, but they weren't, you know, uh, didn't have the art, you know, like, oh, the, the Kill by Death, you know. You weren't on Kill by Death Volume 3, so I'm not interested. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but... Um, I feel like there's a oh my god, yeah. I, I'd be you, you know like because I'll be you know, try you know at a uh, record fair trying to sell my records or something, and I'm like looking up prices and stuff, and I'm like, wow, this isn't worth that much. These people are stupid. They don't know. Like you, you really you want you're gonna pay twenty five dollars for this Pixies record, but you're not gonna you know or whatever. Yeah. I, did, yeah. I picked that. That's my default de facto like. Pixies punks, like, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, so it's like, that's the other thing. Back in the day, it's like, oh, you're punk. You, you like the Pixies? Or, like, or, or in Staten Island, like, oh, you, you like Morrissey, right? <laughs> Were you a Smith Morrissey fan? No. Oh, no. Yeah, okay. I like the Smiths, yeah. but whatever. But it's yeah, just like, saying, yeah. or people are like. Like, the, like back in the day, day when people used to yell Devo at all the punks. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or um. The other Reductionist kind of. Oh, Nirvana! Like that was the other thing I used to, just like. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Nirvana. Like here we are now. We're entertainers. <laughs> like singing it to you. Like okay, yeah, because I'm Kurt Cobain. <laughs> like so. But uh, that's well, you know. Anyway. Terry, I want to talk to you for hours and hours more. <laughs> oh my god! I still even get to. T- there's like Tom Sharp. Be it's a funny thing. This is about. I, like I'm married to Tom Sharp. I know. Yeah. Like I was gonna. I didn't. Want, I didn't. This is about you. So if you want to, we can talk about whatever you want. No, no. Yeah. But the funny thing of it is, is there's all there's an intertwined thing with Tom and I and punk and comedy yeah. and music that I. It's funny because like I couldn't even get to it. But that's all right. No, that's but I, all right. I, I, like like this community that you know you and Tom and and, and this whole community. Yeah. That to me is like this is where the the nexus for that punk comedy connection. It's happens. so intertwined. It's so like intertwined. It, it, there's so many people. Yeah, I know. But whatever. We well, can't yeah, talk but... about it now. 
Well, we can, uh, I, I, over. Well, no, Terry, we can talk about it, but I'm just worried my car's gonna get towed to this parking lot. Oh, oh. No, 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 but I'm not. <laughs> Chris will move it. But I, I do oh. like, I do think that, like, yeah, right, like comedy, for me, it's wrestling too, but there's all these different things that intersect with punk music in, like, a, a way where you're like, oh, like, why do I think, why did I think Eric Wareheim was so funny? And then you're like, oh, he played in this Ink and Dagger band back in the day. It was like a straight edge, like a, a vampire hardcore band. Oh, wow. You didn't know about this? Oh, Terry, I feel like, oh, I feel like I'm giving you uh, something uh, fun. Well, like, you got to yeah. check out Ink and Dagger. They were a vampire-themed hardcore band. And oh Eric Wareheim God. was in, on the first 7-inch. Wow, okay. <laughs> you know what? That, that doesn't surprise me because that's, 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 a lot of these comedy dudes mm-hmm. had punk bands mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. David Cross, like, Did- I, I had him on the show, and he was talking all about, like, like it was just like such a common thing in where in Atlanta that like bands and comedy just coexisted. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, I feel like yeah, that's just this burgeoning like indie, opposite of the current the popular commercial culture, whether it's like yeah indie comedy indie music. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, no, I, I just, Fred Armisen Trenchmel. Trenchmel. Uh, oh. Oh. KGB. Fred Armisen's first hardcore band from New York. What? He had a New York hardcore band that opened for GBH. No. Murphy's Law at, at Rock Hotel. Wow. And it was like a, a guy who went on to be a Nazi was in the band too with him, who passed away, I think, a few years ago. But Wow. Yeah. Ooh, see, there's, see, that's... Yeah. yeah. The Fred episode on here is, is, is hilarious because oh, of that. It's like, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, but like Fred Armisen, like there's there's so many. Like, there's so many. I'm like, it's like I'm eluding me now, but yeah. Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain was a punk guy going to shows in New York. Wow. For years. Like it's it's that's funny how it like keeps coming back to this like little like genre. The crazy the one that I found out recently that blew my mind is there's a basketball player named Cherokee Parks that played for the Charlotte Hornets. Yes. And he was a you know like a an, an skate punk bar <laughs> or something. I- <clears throat> was he not a Super Chunk fan also? Uh, probably, I would imagine. Like, I, he, like, every, I guess he would be. Yeah, he must have been a Super Chunk fan, right? Like, right. I feel like, for some reason, that was reminding me of that. I don't know why, but um, I, Tom would know. So, see, like, in comedy, it's easy to find comic punks. Right, right. Athletes. It's hard to find yeah. like, an NFL player that was also into crass. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, well, that's why, like, are, are, you, are you into sports? Uh, wrestling. Wrestling, okay. <laughs> I, like, I like sports in the sense that, like, uh, I found out there's this hockey player named Boy Devereaux who won the Stanley Cup when he played for Detroit, but he also does a drone metal label. No! Yeah, yeah, and he put out, like, Nadja and, like, <gasps> oh Pink Mountain Tops. He did something, oh and he's, God. like, like just, like... Drone metal. That is awesome. He's that is so, so funny. awesome. And he's, like... And then there's also Scott Radinsky, who play, who pitched uh, for, uh, uh, I believe, the Angels for a while, and now he's, I think, the coach in Cleveland. Um, and he played in uh, Scared Straight, which then became 10-foot pole, which then no. became Pulley. And then the drummer was Brian Walsby, who moved to North Carolina and forms the first band with Mac. He's in or the Mac's second band. He's with Wax. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. like this weird like. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Everyone's I, 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 like you, you take a little. You see. You see all the yeah. connections. You Definitely. scratch the surface. But I do. Okay. I do want to talk to you about Tom and Punk and how you guys. You know how this whole came together. It'll have to be the next. That's gonna be a part two, Terry. Yes. Part two. Terry, this has been incredible. Right. You are awesome. Oh, I, like, 
and like you know, we didn't even get into it, but you 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 gave me the opportunity to play at WFMU and Aww. completed a bucket list item for me wow. for the first time. And like, yeah, I remember coming to New York or New Jersey, I should say. Sorry, we were playing in New York that night, and Kevin Pedersen's like, "I got you a set on Terry T's show today. <laughs> it's totally sweet." And we're just like, "What?" <laughs> Oh yeah, we do. We do. You, Kevin's got a punk badge exhibit going right now in Manhattan. Oh sweet! Oh, like thousands of punk pins on display, like nice. from all different eras and stuff. Have to check it out. Well, that's, know, that's, that's my other sick collection too. Button like, pins. Pins, yeah, all that. Zines? Do you have zines? Zines. Flyers, we're, we're, posters, like I gotta get rid of this stuff. Well, I'm but I'm not. Over. But you're you're not allowed to buy. Okay. Your wife uh, called and told me. <laughs> what family? <laughs> Thank you, Terry. And as you can hear right there, we got more to get to with Terry in the future. But that will be on another edition of the show. Speaking of other editions of the show. Coming up next week, we have the first installment of Turned Out a Punk Live. That's right, from the first stop of the tour, featuring myself and Chris O'Toole in beautiful, beautiful Alston, Massachusetts. Uh, It is a uh, a star-studded affair featuring Greg from the band Mental and Locking Out Records. Chris, Corey, and Cooch of the, um, I guess, of tons of bands, including Mind Eraser, uh, Righteous Jams, um, uh, like uh, so many, so many, so many bands. But they've also done an incredible job with the record label Painkiller. um, And also each one does their own individual artistic endeavors. They're on the show Together, of course. Josh Cantor, the organist for the Boston Red Sox, my children's most uh, uh, despised slash beloved nemesis team. And, of course, returning to the show, my good, good buddy, Nate from Converge. That is right. All of them are on the show next week. So please hurry on back and get all set for that. Thank you everyone once again for listening. Uh, please, if you haven't yet done so, go over to youtube.com, uh, do so on an empty stomach and sit there and watch Tournament of Death, Bloodlust, the documentary that I made about deathmatch wrestling. You can find it over at, uh, uh, if you, go- if you uh, Google or even just YouTube search, Vice Most Violent Wrestling. It will come up. So check that out. Uh, please subscribe and rate this thing. So find me on social media and all that kind of stuff. Oh, man, I'm exhausted. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I will see you next week. Bye.